ask anybody's question for years. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. Hello, and welcome to an emergency edition of Disloyal Idiots. I almost said Trainings is an absolute podcast again. A fans for a sports net production. Uh, we're a bit, since we're in the summer doldrums, out of uh, sync. But we had to resync for this one. Um, got some breaking news on the day. Uh, I'll let Christian and our special guest, Dom Chapone, uh, fly into it. But uh, welcome back for uh, anybody who's been listening and missed us on our two-week hiatus. And if you've missed anything that's happened over the last 24-hour period of Syracuse football, you've missed a lot. And that's something we usually don't say on the last week of June. Um, so let's... Just cut to the chase for those who haven't heard the news or who haven't been privy to it. Uh, late Monday night, Syracuse.com, um, report, a report by Emily Lecker and Ann Haynes uh, came out to say that uh, Syracuse is presumed number one running back uh, for this upcoming season. Quinn Allen uh, filed a lawsuit against Syracuse University over a uh, suspension. Um, and that suspension would prevent him from playing in the upcoming season. The suspension is over the current summer and upcoming fall semesters, which again would prevent him from playing. Um, this all stems from a uh, reported fight that happened um, in a South Campus uh, or a South Campus uh, area apartment um, where uh, Alan was involved. Uh, the university and Allen have been through hearings and appeals uh, as recent as the day of the spring game, um, all of which have uh, the school has ruled in favor of that, of what their rulings are and not in favor of Allen. And Allen has, in turn, on Monday afternoon, filed a lawsuit um, basically saying that... Um, in his words, in an affidavit, uh, this was reported on the Syracuse.com article, a suspension equates to an expulsion for me. From what we can determine, it seems like he's challenging the fairness of the suspension in terms of the precedent that's been set just based on equal uh, penalty lengths determined based on other student uh, incidents of a similar nature. That's the bare bones of this story, but there's going to be a lot to talk about in the first place. I know, Dom, you, Mike, me, Steve, Andy, Kevin, we've been all trying to wrap our heads around this for the past 24 hours. 24 hours later, where are we? I, th I think the word that describes it probably the best is just total shock, because this came Monday night, I think it was like 10.30, 10.45, was around there, just all the way out of the blue, and I think the way to... I texted Mike and then an, another unnamed reporter, and we went, kind of went back and forth, but the basic logic of this was this is just absolutely bad on all fronts. It's bad for few, the football team's outlook for 2023. It's a bad look, and we always joke about it, the PR angle of just how bad this looks in terms of recruitment and the image and the brand, if you will, of SU Athletics. And it's bad for LaQuinn Allen because he's coming in again, like you said, Christian, as the projected starter. We, the Orange have relied so much back-to-back -back years on, yes, improvement from Garrett Schrader and other options at the wide receiver and tight end spots, but also 
having a stable running back that the defense had to keep their eye on, and LaQuinn Allen was going to be that guy. The biggest question mark, I think there's two, is that, as you said, that's all we really know right now in terms of we don't really know what the next process is moving forward for this, and this could be the rest of the summer trying to figure this out, especially anything involving a lawsuit. But the other question is, what's the state of this football program now in terms of the getting a replacement to fill in the shoes of Allen? And is there any schematic changes? I think broadly speaking, this is kind of a, a no man's land and kind of a bad place for kind of all three of those different components. Yeah. And we, yeah, may, and, we and, may... and to, and to just uh, before we get to Steve, to, just to nail the immediate dates of what we know can happen in the immediate future. Um, there is a scheduled on uh, July 19th court date that just got updated today. Uh, uh, the original reporting said July 12th. It's uh, now been updated to July 19th, a uh, July 19th court date that will, um, that is apparently when uh, the case will be heard. Um, apparently. Uh, but Steve, this is historically because again, because we have to check off on disloyalty. It's bingo. Steve is old. Um, historically, five minutes in, I, we're doing good. Yeah, we are doing good. Uh, historically, I don't remember something like this in a long time happening. Let alone with the football program, but just with Syracuse athletics in general. Um, my brain goes to Delon Carter and Snowballgate. I think that was the last thing I can remember uh, in this vein. I don't think that ended up. Uh, well, yeah, the, on the Steve is old train. It's far enough back that I don't remember <laughs> exactly what happened with it. But uh, I remember he, um, he he had some issues with uh, getting in a fight after somebody threw a snowball at his car or something or other. Um, but it, it, to to come to the point where uh, the the athlete is suing the university is, uh, I believe a new high or low, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, for where we're sitting as a program. And that's, uh, another important thing to note, um, in this entire saga, let's say, because it truly is a saga. There's so many yeah. things that have come out of how unique this situation is, is that first of all, this suspension from what we can gather just based on the information that we know is that this is a university suspension and not an athletics suspension. Obviously, if you're suspended from the university, that means you're suspended from athletics because you can't play Makes it tough. with a university-affiliated program if you can't be at the university, period. But it sounds like the suspension was made by the university and not by the athletic department. First of all, yeah, and so that's where again another one of those weird quirks comes in of how this all turns out. Um, because it's it, and going along the lines of what you said, Dom, the PR angle of this now from the athletic standpoint gets really, really murky. Well, I, the challenging part, too, is so because you're, you're touching on some of the details. Some other things I think stood out to me that, in a sense, it impacts the PR. I'm coming at this with a news background because I've got some time with the Daily Orange. You do a lot of like local and on-campus stories. South Campus especially is a very kind of – I'll call it weird. It's a very weird jurisdiction because it's not attached to the main university campus. So while the Department of Public Safety is the university's kind of peacekeeping force, if you will – 
this based off uh, kind of like other articles I've read, this is a Syrac- Syracuse Police Department issue and a university issue, which anytime you have jurisdiction conflicting with a private institution and the public t- police department, there's always going to be kind of a weird thing. But I, I agree on your point that I think the PR disaster in this comes in the response. So just in my – like in my time alone at Syracuse, I've already lived through two of these experiences, and that's just the two I can name off the top of my head, which is the – just the whole Bayheim mess this past spring with the logistics of the eventual replacement of Adrian Autry and then the women's basketball scandal with Quentin Hillsman, where it's just not – it's a matter of not just the actual what happened but the communication side of things. And it's a big deal for just Syracuse students like myself where you just see for a school that has a reputation of awesome PR and awesome, awesome communications, there's these little lapses where I think that's what kind of made – Syracuse fans in general are so shocked about this is just the out of nowhere and out of the blue kind of sense that this had. And again, when you're looking at the thing that I think always sticks out to me is that this has been, I think, a productive summer for Syracuse athletics. You look at things that the track and field team has done and the rowing team toward the end of this year and lacrosse, of course, had their their final four run. The uh, advances in recruitment with Syracuse men's basketball and a productive offseason under Autry and Felicia Legat-Jack. Everything is kind of lining up. Football even had so many recruits, including the, the four-star quarterback, just a few days before this dropped. And then just to see this happen. And not just a few days, the same the day. Same the day. same day, yeah. That we was, had that was the other, recruits. Yeah, that was the other kick in the <laughs> pants was like three recruits that day. Everybody's riding high. And then, oh, here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll interject real quick and just say that um, – when you're looking at that, especially, and we've 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 had a, many discussions on Slack the last what twelve to twenty hours here of all the different football players who are commenting about you know let LeQuinn play, all the former alumni, uh, you know, coaches, uh, family members, family members <laughs> of the coaches, exactly, yeah. So that makes this even weird because now it's kind of like an us versus them thing in terms of everyone who's kind of pro LeQuinn versus this univer- the university, and you're now entering kind of this weird limbo where. Again, not a lot of development is really going to happen between now and the start of the season in terms of off-season moves and other headlines. So this will be the dominant story. and kind of th- This, in a sense, I think uh, hinges on the outlook of how Syracuse football w- will produce and be successful based off if he plays or not. Yeah, yeah but- and it's important to note also along the PR lines, um, in the Syracuse.com report, um, they mentioned that a Syracuse University spokesperson declined to comment, um, as well as uh, Allen's attorney, and that the, there hasn't been any mention on any pages of Syracuse social media or on com about any statement. Um, currently, we're recording this on Tuesday at 11, 8, 8, 8, 11 p.m., so if anything changes, this is when we've recorded at we this time of recording. <laughs> Because, yeah, because as we know, like last night, like you said, Dom, 1030 news broke. So, oh, we were and even even, pre- even real quick, just an hour before uh, we started recording the the uh, tweet that came out from the Onondaga district attorney and his comments, which, Steve, I think you you and a couple other people kind of touched upon. Yeah, um, yeah. Tommy Sladek uh, from CNY Central went and uh, interviewed uh, Onondaga County District Attorney uh, Williams Fitzpatrick. Um, 
um, who also confirmed in the in the case with uh, in Syracuse.com that there were charges filed against Allen, uh, a misdemeanor assault charges, uh, but that the case was settled. Um, and I quote, with an adjournment in contemplation of dismissal, which means that the case is sealed and will be eventually removed from Allen's record um, if he stays clean for six months. Yeah, which is, I, I mean, Dom, you had mentioned earlier the the overlap in SPD and uh, university jurisdiction. This, this is, you know, uh, wiping, I guess, what uh, Fitzpatrick, came out and said is confirming that he is cleared of cleared of criminal wrongdoing in actual public court. Uh, this is now strictly a university issue. Uh, so that adds a, a different wrinkle on it just because of the, uh, I, I guess it's a private university. They can do whatever they need to or want to, as far as code of conduct. And like, there's nothing that says they have to keep him on the team or on the campus for any reason. So and so and this is where the important things come in. Um, the two quotes that I want to uh, point out, um, in with uh, when uh, Tommy Sladek interviewed uh, Fitzpatrick, um, he said that unless there's something the judicial board, and he's referring to the Syracuse University the judicial board, knows that I don't know, then hopefully the challenge the uh, suspension will be challenged successfully, which should seem to indicate that. He doesn't think there was enough to warrant the penalty that um, Allen received. And then uh, an ESPN Syracuse radio, um, when Esquire Digital's Aaron Solomon talked with um, uh, Stephen Fonte and Paui um, on ESPN radio, um, he basically saw that there is a way for a judge to ultimately lift or at least lessen Allen's uh, suspension or or um, penalty, if there was a precedent being, if there was a precedent set of lesser punishment for just a normal student, let alone a student athlete, because he would have to be charged as a student and not specifically because he's a student athlete, he should be held to a higher standard and therefore be given a higher punishment. So there is a way that there is legal ways that Alan can challenge this and get a his suspension either lessened or removed completely, which is probably the main reason why he's going through this in the first place. Right. Yeah. If there was no legal recourse for it to get reversed, then I mean, it's just a show of what at that point. So and, it's yeah. And going through my head now, um, as, as we're now talking about this, another recent example I can think of, of, you know, how messy this gets between, you know, Syracuse university policy and, working with local law enforcement is the Chase Scanlon incident. That's with, uh, exactly with where I was going to go. And mm -hmm. it's funny how this keeps happening. Like, uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize um, when you said that uh, earlier, Dom, about, you know, last year, the messiness with Bayheim, and then prior to that, Leggett Jet or the Hillsman to Leggett Jack stuff. And then the year before that was the Scanlon stuff. And it's like you, once a year, we tick the box of Syracuse University doesn't know how to PR. Yeah. And you would think we could fix yeah. that at this point? Well, it seems like also, just based on what I can remember from the Scanlon incident, there, at least that the the university punishment matched up to what law enforcement right. did or something. Yep. Um, so it wasn't to this level. Um, but as we can... And, and what we've seen also is that 
the with the scanners in it, there hasn't been the same kind of teammate support that um, you mentioned um, with um, that Alan currently has. You know, Caleb Okochukwu started this with, like you said, the hashtag let LeQuint play. And so I think that teammate aspect of them rallying on social media for this is another aspect that makes this really, really unique. Well, I think what also makes this incredibly cha- what I call challenging for, we'll say, the Syracuse football team, but then also and for Allen and for the university is... So there's this support and kind of rally around Allen effect here, if you will. And I think my kind of the only question I really can't answer is what does the football team do in response? Because if you have the support among the different student athletes and you've got, uh, as as Steve noted, like, you know, family members and wives of coaches kind of chipping in here with saying that LeQuinn should play. What do you do to move on from that? And I, that that's the only kind of thing I'm like challenging myself to come up with an answer for. As you can tell by the silence, uh, Christian and I are both <laughs> struggling to come up with some yeah. answers. And, and that's that's um, the challenge with it is that there's no mm-hmm. there's no easy way out of this because the cat it's kind of this the cat's already out of the bag and now we're in a situation where and I, I second both your points of this is a, a pattern and at some point. You, you can't feel more than just frustrated that after, again, such a great offseason for Syracuse football and for the other in, the other programs and a pretty overall good academic year or athletic year, but also a good academic year for a lot of the teams, you've got this to kind of kick off the new year. Yeah, just to like go off the, uh, the list of people who have tweeted out that hashtag let LeQuint play, as you mentioned, uh, the wives of both Mike Lynch and uh, Jason Beck have tweeted that out. Uh, it started with Caleb Okachukwu, now Devon Cooper, Joshua Loa have also tweeted out, of course, Parkman, and even even Deuce Chestnut, who, again, is with LSU, but still tweeted it out as well. And you've had former players even, you know, chime in. Um, Josh Josh Black certainly seems like he wants to say something, but probably would not look great. Um, uh, Zaire Franklin, who can, can is get, one of the most can vocal. Can on the, uh, the podcast? He did say he wanted to start his own. So, Josh, if you're <laughs> listening, come on. on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh, uh, at CT the Goose on Twitter, at, uh, <laughs> at Dutch Hearts on Twitter, um, at this lo- at this loyal underscore idiots on Twitter, at Dominic Chapeau 2 on Twitter, you know, DM us, you know, you know make, <laughs> make sure you, you can get, we can talk. Um, Zaire Franklin as well, again, like, like I said, one of the most uh, outspoken members, yeah. and not, not outspoken, I should say, but one of the most well-known and well-spoken members of the Syracuse football alumni family. Um, you know, tweeted out also. Um, so this is striking a lot of people with this situation being unusual because as the details sort of come out, it just seems weird and unnatural of how everything has been dealt with just in general. Just to go back to the initial incident, this was this happened in December. Before th- reportedly it happened in December before the pinstripe bowl, you know, so after the regular season was en- had ended before the pinstripe bowl, um, and reportedly, um, Allen was called to because there was a fight happening outside a apartment, uh, 
with uh, that it was involving another a teammate of his which who has been unnamed so far in the reporting that's been done um and apparently alan was punched twice and he delivered a punch back uh, and that's the report that what we know in the incident so far um so it's this is difficult uh this is really really difficult just to piece together just the entire timeline of the entire um just the the entire timeline of events and very much so and what what we know and don't know because from just saying what happened there from an outsider perspective that doesn't signify to me something that requires a student, let alone a student athlete, just a student in general, to be suspended for two full semesters. Yeah. Uh, I was going to interject on that real quick on the on the front of first off the two semesters point of like why why yeah. It, it it sounds kind of intentional. At least, like this is like my analysis of, of the entire. It's tactical. It's the entire spring and summer training leading into the entire football season. So basically, no football activity whatsoever. But I've talked like in on the record conversations with Craig Stone, who's the DPS chief, or basically the Department of Public Safety chief at the university, and they've actually improved the number of active personnel on South Campus starting this spring. So in other words, the era that we're talking about, which is in December when the incident happened with Allen, happened before that transition where the Department of Public Safety went on the record and said they've taken more measures to have more non-students, aka actual like you know peacekeeping officers in that area. So that makes things even more challenging because as you said, Chris, I think that, that that kind of is a component that makes things just kind of kind of strange for the situation. And so with the timeline some- as well, Steve apparently you know out i mean mike and dom you and steve you were there at the spring game alan was there at the spring game yeah. he participated in it mike has footage and interviews with alan in spring practice and even though this incident happened in december we're only hearing about any potential resolution happening as early as the spring, the morning of the spring game, which is reportedly when a formal hearing happened with a appeal board right. with the Syracuse Judicial Board between him and Allen, between them and Allen. And now, two months later from the spring game is now when we're hearing about this lawsuit. So this has taken a while. And I get it, like trying to find facts about stuff like this is very very tough to do especially also since there was local law enforcement involved as well as we know but this has taken a while now that's the thing is uh, the the memories are vaguely coming back to me about the delon carter thing um he was suspended for the spring semester and did not participate in the spring game Uh, i believe it was a similar timeline of december the incident occurring and uh, then was back in the good graces. So does that, I guess, does that pose the question of why, uh, how to phrase it, why athletics wouldn't sit him for the spring semester and instead uh, kept him out there? 
Did they think that there was no chance it would hold up on appeal? Because the the Delon Carter thing, a snowball got thrown at a car with Delon Carter and maybe Ryan Gillum. I can't remember. It might have. Yeah, I think it was Ryan Gillum. Um, and Carter got out and punched a kid. Um, in this case, from what we know, like Alan was the one that was initially assaulted, hit twice, and then clapped back. And this is what happens. Like one, one punch back, same thing that happened with Carter. Uh, but after he was, you know, uh, after they came after him, uh, apparently from various comments around like self-defense is not a quote unquote viable, you know, excuse in the Syracuse rulebook. I don't know any of that. Uh, it seems like that popped up in a couple different places, but you would think a guy who got punched in the face and punched someone back, um, at least had some validity to what he was doing. I don't know. Call me crazy. If somebody punches me in the face, I'm not going to not punch him back. I guess it's weird also because, again, Dom, welcome to the Syracuse uh, soccer wing of uh, <laughs> of of our world um, because this is what you've stumbled into. So welcome. It's it's a it's a referee yellow card incident. Like it's always the retaliator yeah. that gets shown the yellow card and never the instigator, mm -hmm. which always seems unfair. Especially like I mean, <laughs> let's look at U.S. Mexico, which is always you no, know, which was. A mess just in general. Yes, um, But it feels like we're headed towards a very, very similar resolution if there is going to be a clean resolution to this case. Which... It's just... Again, Dom, I, I, I keep going back to the timeline thing of this and bring up something Steve said as well. Why... It's interesting that this was a university-mandated suspension and nothing came from athletics assuming ath this this is going also under the assumption that athletics knew something uh happened and not and not just athletics just the football program in general knew something happened in an incident with Allen involved and you would assume that they knew that hopefully if they didn't if they didn't know and only recent events are now coming out to now where athletics is only even within the last couple of months, aware to the fact of an incident, that's a little bit more, that's still uh, troublesome in its own right. But if athletics knew about this incident, it's weird that they wouldn't try and get ahead of the curve, quote unquote, you could say. And that just sounds weird given the, given the events that have happened. I mean, but if you're looking at this from SU, SU Athletics' perspective here, the shock value that is coming on comments on the post that you po uh, that you made up, Christian, about the what, what we know right now that came out Tuesday morning, Twitter feeds from different players and reporters and whatever is the shock value because when you see that this incident took place even before the pinstripe bowl game and has not. We haven't heard anything about this until end of June. For the average fan or even just somebody like myself who's an engaged reader and just wants to know things about Syracuse sports, 
that doesn't make things better. And that would that kind of goes back into the, the PR angle of you you don't know if SU Athletics kind of had their hand t- hands tied here because of course the other thing too is anything involving student code of conduct is just always close to the chest of the university. Even just people who are on that, you you really don't know kind of the behind the scenes of what a conduct and a, a formal hearing looks like. So that, that's one component that makes things hard. But if you're looking at this from a PR angle and you have SU Athletics, if they didn't know about this, it was kind of the thing of like if you waited too long, you have what happened here. But if you had it earlier – the, the question comes, would that have improved things necessarily? I, I personally think what we know now based off the reaction that I think people knowing earlier would have probably been a little bit of a benefit because you could see the kind of the firestorm it's created a, across the Syracuse sports world. This is a very hindsight is 2020 moment. Agreed. Um, I'm weird with this situation because I think it, it, we could all easily just sit back in our chairs and be like, oh, they should have like, dealt with the situation earlier in a much different in a much different area athletics should have just done something and then that would have been it maybe Allen's not eligible for the pinstripe bowl and not eligible for spring practice and then well bam we're done talking about this let's play ball in 2023 uh, but that hasn't happened and we're here now right and, so and in all honesty the the other thing to remember just since since we've been going for half an hour on this I Everything we've got right now is still reports and speculation. Yeah. So yeah. anything we're prognosticating on here is it's from what we know. It could yeah, be the tomorrow only- everything <laughs> comes out like, or more comes out and we're just like, well, we can just delete that podcast. But at this point with what we know, it's a very weird situation. <laughs> the only things I will say for certain are what law enforcement officials have said and that's what and law enforcement officials have spoken in the initial syracuse.com report there were two law enforcement officials they spoke to uh sergeant thomas blake a spokesperson with syracuse police uh, who said that allen was charged with third degree assault and the onondaga county da bill fitzpatrick who confirmed that you know the charges were the case was sealed and it will be removed from Alan's record. Those are the things we know for certain. Everything else is just kind of, again, like Steve said, reports we don't know for certain. Which is going to make what we're going to talk about next very difficult. Because the inevitable question is what now? Right. And that's a very, very good question with weirdly a better answer than I expected, but not a good answer. Which is? Well, currently on the roster, I believe we have five running backs and one incoming as a transfer, correct? Yes. So uh, if my computer will allow me to, I will... Uh, oh, I see you've taken Andy's slow loading Qs.com website. Yes. Uh, well, anything with Qs.com is uh, slow and l- slow at loading. Um, currently, the most experienced running back on the roster is a redshirt sophomore. This is not counting. Um, I cannot remember his name. The transfer from 
New Mexico so State, Juwan Price. No, yeah. uh, the one, oh, the one we in, just got the, Yeah, the grid transfer that just came in. Yeah, also um, to note, because usually you'll see this when players are suspended or are not part of a team, Allen's bio page is still up yes. on, on Qs.com. Yeah, it was not immediately taken down. So I lied. Uh, Juwan Price is technically a Richard Jr. Uh, he's the likely number one as soon as, uh, you know, it... If, in actuality, uh, Allen has to sit the season out, Price is probably the current number one from what we know. Uh, also on the roster, you have Richard sophomore Mario Escobar, uh, Richard freshman Joshua Escobar, because all of the Escobars, um, and then two true freshmen in Muafak Parkman and Ike Daniels. So that's not a... I mean, that's it's five bodies, um, I feel like Price would have been a great backup option. Um, and I know last year we were looking at him as uh, competing with Allen for the starting spot. But now behind him, what do we? where do we go to? This outlook is pretty rough. Just to, this is going to be a case of like running back by committee <laughs> until we're, we're going on that assumption until Allen, until the a verdict has been re- reached on the future of Allen on this team. But I think the biggest challenge is going to be the one thing that stood out with Syracuse football the past couple of years, especially with Sean Tucker, was having a running back who, yes, was a good kind of power runner, can make big plays, but also could catch and give kind of like more space to the offense outside of Ronda Gadsden. Do any of the running backs on roster have that potential? I know Price has 31 career receptions for almost 200 yards, but that's an incredibly small sample size, I would say. That, that's, I think, what head coach Dino Babers needs to answer is, is there any running back that can kind of plug into the scheme of and run the ball, but at the same time could still be a pass catcher in the open field? The silence should tell you the answer. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. there. I was so looking forward to a running back that could actually catch. And for my personal gratification, one who looked better pass blocking than Sean Tucker did. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is not a high bar. However. <laughs> yeah. So it will remain to be seen if like if it's either Price, if it's Deskton Hawkins, who is the most recent transfer, um, or if it's. Even Ike Daniels, who, if I recall correctly, is the highest is the highest rated offensive recruit that came in during the last cycle. So that sounds right. There is there is like talent with Daniels, but um, if you look at his bio page, he has over seventeen hundred uh, rushing yards, but only only uh, two thousand all purpose yards. So not much, not many more yards after the rushing total. So. It remains to be seen if he's actually a going to be a guy who can be a pass catcher as well. Which, again, now starts to beg the question of how much does this system change? Because, like you said, Dom, there was a good kind of safety valve um, with Tucker, just in general, um, whether he was, you know, running those roll flat routes, lazy flat routes out to the side. Um, just as a guy who could be an easy check down or just in general, just like you said, another, another option when Gatson was inevitably double teamed, like how much does that change the Syracuse offense who 
let's let's be honest. Yes, the running is nice, but Dino wants this team to have you know explosive potential, explosive play potential. Well, and also I think um, that was the question that has kind of been in the back of my mind the last day is like, we use this a lot in basketball. It's always like in the conversations like value over replacement. In other words, do any of the options see, see the war stat we, we all war right stat. i'm a basketball nerd i had to get it in there but it matters though because it's like okay we lose hey, we had it first as baseball nerds all right <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys did take it first <laughs> but but that's the question though so we we're on the assumption that alan is no longer with the team because we, you got to go for worst case scenario here are there are any of these options going to fill in the shoes and that in turn i think steve like i think you you would probably have the knowledge on this more than any of us is we don't. We we saw Allen kind of in st- in flashes, if you will, the yep. past couple of years, because obviously we had Sean Tucker. What would Allen have brought to the table, and what specifically do you think needs to be replaced that Allen Allen's skill set kind of had? I I mean, from the limited amount we saw Allen, it was kind of burst and ability to catch passes, and those two things really really benefit the offense, and not having them really hurts. Um, that the dement, like adding the dimension to, uh, especially for a first time play caller in Jason Beck's playbook to have somebody reliably able to, uh, find space and catch passes from that running back position really, really would have added a, a bit of dynamism, especially when for lack of a better term, our offensive line has a lot of question marks. Yeah. And when you looked at, his pinstripe ball performance, the reason why there was so much promise around Allen's performance and why people liked what they saw out of him um, was mainly two things. One, when you look at the running, he was a very, very good horizontal runner. He could really create space horizontally well. And as we saw a lot of times last season, if you ran outside the tackles, you... Uh, with Syracuse's offensive line, you generally found more success because trying to run through the A or B gaps was not working, mainly because there wasn't an A or B gap. Right. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um, gap in and the space. other reason, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other reason, like you said, was the pass catching, but not in so much the pass catching. What I was most impressed with with Allen in the pinstripe pool was his route running. Yeah. And that's kind of what limited Tucker in some aspects as well in the passing game. Yeah, he had good he had good hands, but sometimes his route running wasn't necessarily as crisp. Yeah. Allen's route running was very, very good, which allowed him to be open for an easier read for Schrader to make in that game. To, to, ju- to interject, I think that's the other challenge for the big question that we're going to have to go into summer camp with is how much of the system changes until we until Syracuse fans potentially think Allen's going to come back. Because that was the other thing that we've all talked about is Aranda Gatson is a clear number one option now, no questions asked. Who is going to be the other guys in the roster to make the big plays? And all signs ported to Allen, both in the, in the backfield, but then also in open space with his route running. And now you lose that, and now the question is, well, who can step up next? And that's not even a running back question. That is a, do, is there a second go-to option on this team that Eric Schrader, Babers, and the rest of the team can count on to make those big plays on offense? I do have that answer. It's going to be Isaiah Jones, but after that is dicey. Yeah. Because Isaiah Jones looked really good until that 
Purdue's cornerback uh, tore his arm off. Um, um, I'm going to go with a dark horse, uh, David Clement. You're, you're going off the assumption that Syracuse will actually throw to a tight end who isn't lined up as a slot receiver. So line him up as a slot receiver. The guy's 6'6", 265. Get him the ball. He's going to carry a freaking cornerback down the field. Yeah, but was he? Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the spring game, mainly because I didn't want to be subjected to that torture. Well, we, <laughs> but, we had to be, so. Yeah. Um, but was but was he lined up in the slot? I feel like no, from what really. I... Exactly. He, he was lined up to be, you know, either the backup or the replacement for Mick, right? But and, one that could catch a pass, which is also a welcome, uh, yeah. But welcome change. How many times? How many times did the trader target Ming? I spoiler. I bet you could count them on it, one hand intentionally or because he had to. <laughs> that you can count. On, <laughs> that you can count on one finger, maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, impact player. Sir, sir, uh, Syracuse hasn't acknowledged the existence of the tight end position since Ravion Pierce. Ooh, good call on that. Um, Impact player based on the spring game, Jack Stonehouse. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know I had to go weird. Did you? Yeah, but when we're not running fakes on every fourth down, <laughs> we might need to. <laughs> depending on it. Yeah. 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 This just got really depressing. Well, yes. <laughs> um, because uh, this gets. Uh, like I've like I've been saying throughout this entire thing, this gets weird with Syracuse football because, yeah. like Don kind of alluded to, you kind of have to like now fiddle with the balance because technically Allen, right now, in a in the weird legal sense of this entire thing, technically right now Allen is isn't suspended because um, New York State Supreme Court Judge uh, Robert. Antonacci uh, has issued a temporary pause on the suspension until that July 19th court date, and that's from Syracuse.com as well. So, hmm. technically, he's not suspended right now. Like, right. legally, he is not suspended. From our standpoint, we have to look at it as if he is, though. Yes. So, like, he's I, pr- he probably is. Let's, but let's do that. But that, but that also I'm... means if you're a Syracuse football, how do you look at it? Do you look at it as as if Allen is going to be suspended? Because unless you unless you are confident, like we've kind of alluded to, that one of Price, one of Daniels, one of Hawkins is comfortable enough in the pass catching aspect of the offense as well, yeah. you're going to have to change it around somehow. Well, and Hawkins isn't even on campus yet. Yeah. Well, he might be now. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because was not a spring. Well, but, well, it's weird because I'm not sure how much you know about this, Dom. But it's weird because in Syracuse there are two summer sessions for the summer semester, and the first summer session is ending this week. So next week, I think, is the second summer session, which is another like pack of classes, which is probably when. Guys are going to come in. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. I think the, uh, I do agree though. This is a, it, it's such a weird situation because again, when you have that dichotomy of university perspective versus attorney and police and city angle to this, 
it, it, you if we're focusing on the Syracuse football team, it just makes the where to go from here kind of part of this almost unanswerable. Because you kind of, in my, I mean, if I were in their shoes, you imagine that you have to prepare for the worst. Because you, you, if you lose Allen, you need to have some sort of fallback. Even if like Allen can fully play and he gets injured, because injuries are a part of football, you still need to have a backup, some backup options. So that's always the mindset I think I would go into with this: is to use the summer to basically try out, try to see if you can go to a more pass-heavy scheme. Maybe see if one of these incoming transfers can be a day one starter. But I think. If, if we're looking at the, I think one one thing we should probably discuss is how much of the ceiling of this team changes if assuming Allen is gone and he doesn't come back to the team. I feel like we're losing a lot of production there. Yeah, because it becomes this team becomes a bigger unknown, especially with. I I know we put a lot of. And we as a fan base put a lot of expectation on Allen just based off that one pinstripe bowl performance. And let's be honest, Minnesota wasn't charting out all of their ones, but there were a couple out there. Yeah. And, like, that was a solid Big Ten defense, and he looked, you know, competent against it. So, there was good reason to believe that he would be at least, I would say, 75% of what Sean Tucker's uh, production was last year. And if you got that from Allen, I think Syracuse would have been very easily like comfortable with, like, hey, this is probably a bowl team. But with how the offense is usually structured, which is run first to open up the big play, then a lot of this becomes, you better hope Schrader healed properly. Yeah. Or you're waiting another year for the amazingly mobile QB that we just recruited. Or, because I think everyone kind of forgot this over the past couple of days, or maybe even as Braden Davis as well. Oh, Jesus. I did yeah. forget about that. <laughs> yeah. I only remembered because I'm looking at the transfer page right now from on three. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I forgot we got him as well. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. I would, I would, uh, I would say, if we're sticking to the football here, the the last thought I've kind of got on this whole thing is, I think what to kind of go back to the Tucker piece. I mean, being on campus and seeing games in person, when you saw him play, there was an oh wow factor to it. And as Christian, you noted, it was kind of like we ran the ball heavily. That kind of, in a sense, opened up the rest of the offense, but it also improved Garrett Schrader's confidence into that awesome twenty twenty two season where the completion percentage went significantly better. He was making more confident throws down the field. I still remember that game winner to Purdue where if you – I don't think he can make that throw in 2021, but he, I think he had the guts for that, which was always awesome. What Even me, as what, Ming horribly missed a block and he got destroyed. Yeah, exactly. He got destroyed. But for Allen, it's all about the optimism. It was that he could have filled – 65, even in the worst case scenario, percent of the shoes that Tucker left behind, and you have that legitimate running back option, that opens the door for Gatson to be more open down the field, Schrader's mobility, giving him another weapon on offense. When you when you take what watching Tucker in person was, was awesome the past years, because even when Tucker had a quote unquote down year this past year compared to the 2021 numbers, 
it still was like for defenses, you still had to scheme around Tucker. You couldn't just leave him unguarded or not pay attention to him. With Allen, it would have been like, I'm not going to call it a resemblance to Tucker in 2021, but it would have been that new car driving off the lot effect. Nobody, none of the ACC teams have really had a time to game plan and see a bigger sample size of what Allen could bring to the table. And he would have been kind of like a, a new element, if you will, to this offense. And now teams are going to be prepared more for a pass heavy offense. Yeah. Let's kind of tiptoe back our way back to Allen here uh, for a second because I I think it's important to also think about like what actually happens. Like, do we do we think there will be any sort of reduction in suspension or removal of the suspension completely? And if there's not, what actually happens? Because I think that's going to be a very interesting thing that. I think everyone has to think about as well. Because if we're thinking about worst case scenario, what happens if he is ultimately suspended for this summer and fall semester? Does he actually even decide to, you know, play and prefer Syracuse again? Does he enter the transfer portal? Or does he stick it out? Like, you know, that's an interesting question we have to, I think, ponder now. If I were him and if I were the if I were the staff as well, if there's if it's likely he's suspended, just let him get in the portal ASAP. Like that's that'd be a bad look by the staff to, you know, keep stringing him along. If there's a, you know, uh, holding out for a chance of him playing, if if they know he's gone because of what the university is doing, just let him go. Or tell him to go. For his own sake. Could be, yeah, I was saying this could, this has potential to be a, I'm not going to, we won't, we'll say it, it will never be a saving grace, but it will be a PR disaster kind of on the recruitment and image front if they don't let him go. I always, I would say. I mean, no matter what, they technically have to let him go. But I realized that halfway through what I was saying. But it's like, let him go on good terms, I guess. Yeah. And to ask again, to ask the kind of trickier question, based on what we know, which again is very, very little. Based on what we know, do you think there's actually even a chance that this? suspension gets reduced or completely nullified <sighs> yeah i know we can add a, we can add some context that this is from reporting from the same syracuse.com article but uh anthony Adelon from the daily orange kind of brought this up that when alan had his hearings he had brought up when we had talked about he equated suspension to expulsion but he had brought up things that he was willing to do kind of basically be on good terms with the university. That included putting him on disciplinary probation the rest of his tenure that he was at Syracuse. It also included offering to volunteer with the Syracuse Police Association League, which is kind of a uh, kind of like one of those community-based volunteer things where you get a lot of uh, kind of uh, workshops and things like that to build your standing up again. And he also offered to do an anti-violence course and fulfill community service hours. So those were some things he was willing to do, at least verbally, to kind of like 
maintain his status with Syracuse. To be honest, I mean, Steve, I don't know if you you think any differently, but I honestly have no clue what's going to happen here. Nope. <laughs> like, this I is wish a hard I had situation. more, but it's like <laughs> uh, even prognosticating on it is like, and yes, I've used that twice in one podcast, which is mildly amusing. Um, but like, it's such a weird situation to navigate that I would 100% agree. There's no, there's no good way to say, I think this is how it's going to pan out like we have no clue at this point so i don't know well anyone who's here in the pod i think uh everybody else has locked up on discord so or just christian has I see Dom still moving. We, we lost Christian. Oh. Yep. Uh, I was like, I was expecting him to chime in right there, but there he hey, is. He's back. <laughs> now my PC temporarily blue screened, but we're back. You know, minor he's, details. And he's muted. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Hey, you're okay. showing up on the audio. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah. We, our whole thing was we were saying we have no idea, and we don't know how to navigate this. And that's my answer as well, because <laughs> yep. it's uh, this, this is going to be a whole malarkey of things. And I think this is a good time to also answer Dom's question of, let's say, worst case scenario is assumed. Alan is, Alan's suspension is upheld. He's not playing this season. Where is Syracuse finishing? <sighs> Because my I answer, I love my 4-8 answer. I have I think that's been my record prediction for like the past three seasons. <laughs> uh, without Alan, that seems relatively more likely. Um, although, I mean, look at last year. Like, Sean Tucker was, I don't want to say a non-impact, but... I guess it proved that we didn't need a running back that did what Sean Tucker did two years ago to make a bowl game. But I think Tucker was more of a non-impact towards the latter part of the season. And that's when Syracuse lost. Yeah. And and also, Syracuse had a better offensive line at the beginning of the season. And towards the end of the season, they didn't. And you could argue that the offensive line is worse. Also, both accurate statements. With also unproven talent in the wide receiver core as well, outside of around a Gatsden. Yeah. And a Garrett Schrader who, who knows if his elbow's okay, because, again... Back to the, wow, this actually happened in Syracuse Athletics. Remember, Garrett Trader didn't play in the spring because of surgery to his elbow. Yep. So, we're like, eh. This gets interesting. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I'm just sorry. It, it sent me down an injury rabbit hole because you've got Schrader. You've got Bleich, you've got a lot of established people that who knows whether they're going to be or continue to be established or 
just injured. And it keeps dropping my uh, my optimism for the year, which... Yeah, I, uh, I would say because um, from my angle, one thing that... I actually wanted to do a piece on this for kind of like a season outlook. Syracuse really banked on basically having a fully healthy roster at the start of the season. And then as injuries progressed, they were facing harder competition. But when you look at the current schedule, they faced that early gauntlet in late September, early October of UNC and Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech on the road. So that that's going to be the – it kind of fits in with the Allen conversation because Allen would have been a good option – have on your team anyways but if the injuries start to pile up is it do is there a mustering of confidence to rally back rather than start hot like we did this year and already have a bowl game clinched i think that 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 any losing one guy like alan especially that kind of that already makes that proposition much harder to achieve well it's going to be weird yep so yeah, I, th- I think that's where we'll kind of leave things off on this kind of emergency podcast of this Loyal Idiots. Um, I want to thank Dom for joining us. Uh, Steve, you got anything else? No, I would say uh, you should check us out on the socials, uh, Disloyal Idiots, Disloyal underscore Idiots on Twitter. Um, feel free to send us comments, send us a thoughts on whatever you feel like. Like, subscribe. Uh, if you would prefer to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, it would be much appreciated as that helps trick the algorithm into expanding the Ottoman Empire, uh, if, as as Mr. Pregler would say. Um, beyond that, follow us on Twitch, and we're live normally every Sunday at 8. However, this summer, it's going to be a weird smattering of whenever the heck we can become available. And whether there's Syracuse news. Right. <laughs> Which there much was. <laughs> we found it. So. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, I think let's end it off as we always do. Go Orange. Go Orange.